Blessed Assurance and welcome to Kingdom Christian Fellowship, KCF. We reveal the reality of the Kingdom of God and Christ Jesus in the lives of people all over the world. As you listen to this message, we pray that you are blessed and inspired to improve your relevance in the Kingdom of God. You see, when you look at God, nothing can contain God. The Bible said in the book of Psalm 139 that God is omnipresent and God is omniscient. God fills all. You see, when people look at God, we think that God is sitting on some small seat or some small throne in heaven like Asantehene. But that is not God. When you look at Psalm 139 again, the Bible makes us understand that when you go to the depths of hell, he is there. When you go to the heights of heaven, he is there. The Bible says in Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from your presence? God cannot be contained. I cannot take maybe this thing and say, okay, I've put God in it. God sits inside. Then that defies who God is. Because we have put a limit to God. Now, the wonderful thing about God is that God has deposited his spirit in man. The Bible said in the book of Job chapter 32 verse 8 that there is a spirit in man. God has placed a certain bit of himself in every man so that that man can contain God. So your spirit, even though you may not see it, even though you may not be able to locate it, there is a spirit in man. How many of us here have seen our spirits before? Your shadow is not your spirit. So the Bible says that there is a spirit in man or God has placed a spirit in man. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23, Bible says, that man is spirit, soul, and body. And all that Reverend Roland has been seeking to do over these days with all of these powerful topics that have been, have, have been dealt with is to open up your spirit man to receive more of God. It's like praying. When you pray, it doesn't make sense to the physical man. You are here for seven hours. What are you doing? Seven hours. How would that help you in any way? But on the inside or in your spirit man, you are being opened up to receive more of God. So don't take your sessions and the word that comes to you every Sunday after Sunday throughout the week for granted. We are just trying to open you up or stretch your limits so that you can contain more of God. And it is very important because you see, you are in a world where your eyes lead you and govern everything that you do. For example, if you see a nice lady, oh, this lady, she will be nice for marriage. But there is something about that lady that may prove that she is not the one for you. But that can only be given to you in the realm of the spirit. So if you are somebody, you, you just like flesh. You know when you look at, okay, when I see us now, I see Manchester. That means this person is the best person for me. You, you might be digging your grave before your time. So I believe that being a spiritual man or being developed to become a spiritual man is one of the greatest benefits you ever receive. So in this your education, if you are spending four quality years here, maybe you may not see it happening in your grades or maybe you may not see it happening in your income, but I'm telling you that you are being developed into a spiritual man, into a spiritual woman. So that when you are taking decisions in life, you are governed by the realm of the spirit. And by the Holy Ghost. 
So that's the purpose of everything that is happening here. This morning, I have a very short word for you. And then we'll just have some time to pray. And then we'll also minister to a few people. Alright? I don't have a topic for my sermon. But I'll just speak about everything that they've all spoken about. So I'll just be touching on everything a little bit. And then I'm done. Now, I believe that in life, one of the things that gives people a competitive advantage is secrets. When you have access to secrets, you have a competitive advantage. If you look at a country like Congo, Congo is blessed with a lot of minerals. A lot of minerals. How many is anybody here from Congo? Democratic Republic of Congo. Joseph Kabila's Congo. Nobody here from Congo. Congo as a nation, if you've studied about it, is blessed with a lot of minerals. Now, that, those minerals were given to the nation of Congo to give the nation of Congo a competitive advantage. Unfortunately, as is the norm with most African states, you understand what has happened in Congo. You are enlightened students. So, secrets give us a competitive advantage. If you look at a company like Coca-Cola, the reason why Coca-Cola is better than Bell Cola is because of a secret. The reason why when you enter into any shop, you will first go for a Coca-Cola and not any other brand is because of a secret. And a well-kept secret at that. So that secret has helped the business to live over so many years. So if this is man living life with the advantage of secrets, how much more God? God also has secrets. In the book of Deuteronomy 29, 29, the Bible said that the secret things belong to God. That means if you are looking for any secret in the world, it actually belongs to God. Then the Bible said that the things that are revealed or whenever a secret is revealed, it belongs to us or God gives that secret to us. In the book of Psalm 25, verse 14, the Bible said that the secret of the Lord is with them. So the Bible said that there is a secret or there are secrets with the Lord. Now, one of God's best kept secrets, which has now been revealed or was revealed, is the Holy Ghost. When you have access and you have a relationship with the Holy Ghost, I believe you have one of the most superior competitive advantages in the world. You see, if you look at a country like Ghana, somebody may think I'm a politician, but I'm not. One of the things Ghana needs, we don't need finance ministers. We don't need economic professionals. We need somebody who has a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Because if you look at our country, we have been restructuring our debt since our parents were born. Eh, as you people are growing, we will continue restructuring our debt and give it to your children's children. And it will keep on happening. If nobody rises up with a relationship with the Holy Ghost to lead. Because the Holy Ghost is a container of the secrets of God. Because he himself is a secret. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Bible said that nobody can tell you the things of a man except the spirit that is within the man. Then he said that in the same way, the only person who can tell us the deep things of God is the spirit of God. So he's like a search engine, like Google or Bing. He can search very quick and give you the results, just that he's better than Google. So he said that he can set the deep things of God and he will reveal them to you. 
Now you cannot bypass the Holy Ghost and say, I want to go to only Jesus. I don't want anything to do with the Father. I don't want anything to do with, I don't want anything to do with the Holy Ghost. I just want Jesus. I just want the Father. That, that's enough for me. No. Jesus, before he will leave the scene, I believe Reverend in them, Minister Lamy has shared about it from John chapter 14, John chapter 16. Before he will leave the scene, he spoke extensively of the fact that I am sending another helper. So you cannot bypass the Holy Ghost and his work in our lives. No believer can rise um, um, above the... You can't say, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to use another way. No, he is the person has, who has been given to us. So the Holy Ghost is the current administrator of the church. If you take, like, for example, Ashesi, you have a dean or you have deans and you have um, operating officers, whatever you want to call them. He's like that. He's the one who sees to the day-to-day activities when it comes to the kingdom of God. So you cannot bypass the Holy Ghost in your dealings as a believer. But one thing I want to stress on this morning is the fact that the Holy Ghost is not wind. The Holy Ghost is not a dove. The Holy Ghost is not oja oja. The Holy Ghost is not the goosebumps that come on you when we say the Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is not the rolling and the screaming on the floor that we see. Those things may mark as evidences of the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost is more than that. I want to just tell you this morning that the Holy Ghost is a person. Now, when you look at the word person, many people will tell you that person there means a human being or an individual with who is a human being. But it moves more than that. For somebody to be a person, that person must have knowledge. That person must have a will. That person must have feelings. So that is what makes the Holy Ghost a person. Now beyond that, I want to prove to you from scripture what makes the Holy Ghost a person. John chapter 14 verse 18. He said that, I will not leave you orphanless. Then he said that, I will come to you. Jesus Christ said that to you. saying that, I am going. I am going to be with the Father. John chapter 14. He said he was going to go and be with the Father. And that when he's going, he'll prepare a place for us. But now when he gets to this verse, he said that I am going, but I will come to you. Who again was coming to you? Because the Holy Ghost had not been given then. But the person speaking there was the Holy Ghost. In the book of Acts chapter 16, verse 6, verse 7, the Bible said that Paul, as he was going about his various missionary efforts, he wanted to go to certain areas to spread the gospel. But when he wanted to go, the Bible said that the ghost of Jesus told him not to go. So the Holy Ghost here is just Jesus Christ unlimited. He's Jesus without borders. He's Jesus without boundaries. When Jesus was here on the earth some 2,000 years ago, he had limitations. For example, he was stuck in Jerusalem. He had never been to Ghana. He had never been to London. He was stuck in Jerusalem Ministries International. And he couldn't go so far. So only Jerusalem benefited from his ministry. But when he was about to leave the scene, he said that, no, I need to give out another way that I can do this, my ministry, effectively. It is like the current day church. We have maybe a headquarters. And then we spread ourselves towards branches. So the medium or the person of the Holy Ghost is the one who is like the person extending the wings of Jesus' ministry. So if you look at him carefully as a person, you can realize that the things that Jesus Christ did, they are the same things that he's doing. 
He's revealing things to us. He's guiding us. He's coaching us. He's teaching us. He's playing a prophetic role in our life. He's reminding us of things. Everything that Jesus Christ would do, even in his earthly ministry, it's the same thing that the Holy Ghost is doing. Just that he has an advantage. It's like he has maybe a leverage technology that he's working on. Maybe if it's like a normal Buzanga bicycle, now he has added an electric motor so it can go faster. It can go easily. So he is Jesus Christ unlimited. That's why I'm saying that the Holy Ghost is a person. So this morning, one of the things I want you to get out of your mind is that the Holy Ghost is not fire. He said, we are doing Pentecost conference. So you, since you've been coming, you are expecting that as we are gathered here, according to Acts chapter 2, you'll be seeing tongues of fire upon the heads of people. But you have not been seeing it, so you are not sure if this is really the Holy Ghost. But what I want to let you know is that the Holy Ghost is a person. For example, as I am standing here, I see myself like an interpreter. He is probably the one who is preaching. So I'm just saying what he's saying to you. That's how you will see him as a person. Because you can see that he has knowledge, feelings, will. And there are so many scriptures that go to prove these points and more like I'm saying. For example, when we talk about the feelings, the Bible said in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30, it said, and grieve not the spirit. How do you grieve somebody who is a wind? Can you grieve wind? Can you grieve a dove? Can you grieve fire? I mean, you, make, you can grieve fire if you add more kerosene and more petrol or whatever. But you cannot grieve the wind. You cannot grieve fire. You cannot grieve things that are not, or somebody who is not a person. But you can grieve the Holy Ghost because he is a person. And this problem of the church not seeing him as a person, and when I say the church, I'm talking about all of us, is one of the key things that has become a hindrance or a barrier to us encountering the person of the Holy Ghost. If, for example, I tell you that you have one million dollars and you are not able to identify one million dollars, how will you ever have access to the one million dollars? So the one million dollars may be with you. It may be probably in your account. But you don't know how to operate an account. So the, the money is there. But you are there thinking that you don't have any money. So the identification of the Holy Ghost is a very critical part in the life of any believer. I believe that you must spend majority of your life, if not all your life, seeking to identify the Holy Ghost. It's like, again, a country like Ghana. We are spending so much money doing Ghana card. Why? So that we can identify the people. We want to know that, okay, this is Andrew. He has a big nose. This is um, um, Chantel. Okay, she's slim. We just want to have an idea of who each and everybody is. In the same way, you need to have that grace to identify that this is the Holy Ghost at work in my life. Because if you don't solve this first barrier of identifying the Holy Ghost, you cannot move on to the other things. By other things here, I'm talking about his work or his ministry, his teaching ministry, his revealing ministry, his coaching ministry, his um, guiding ministry. If you don't see the person, you cannot have access to the things that he bears. Let alone talk about the things about the spiritual gifts. So you realize that some of you here, it's like maybe when you sleep, you can see that an aeroplane is about to have an accident. When you wake up, you say, no, 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 this one is not, it's, it's not real. This one is because I ate um, from Big Ben before I, I slept. So this is a, it's a figment of my imagination. But it could be that the Holy Ghost is speaking to you through that dream. But because you are not able to realize him as a person, 
you are not seeing the benefits of his work in your life. So this morning, I believe that if we will be able to have the grace to wait for the person of the Holy Ghost, then this problem of identification, it must be solved. It must be what? Solved. So identification, I believe it is one of the greatest things that will help you in your work with the Holy Ghost. And I, I'm saying here that the key to solving the problem of identification is to see the Holy Ghost not as wind, not as fire, not as a dove, but as a person. Just as you see somebody sitting by you, you can touch the person, you can feel the person, you can have a, 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 a conversation with the person. That is the same way the Holy Ghost is with you. In fact, Bible said that he will be with you and in you. So how, 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 how real is that person? Or how um, um, realer is that person, if there's a word like that? It's like, for example, I have a wife. My wife is with me, but right now she's not with me. So I've left her some kilometers away. But the Holy Ghost, I left with him in the house. He's still with me here on the journey. So if there's anybody that I'll give more attention, I hope this message is not being recorded, will I give that attention to my wife or I should give that attention to the Holy Ghost? The woman said they will not understand. But you see, it is the same thing. In fact, it is even more. We say women like attention or we generally like to say women like attention. I believe that everybody likes attention. And the Holy Ghost or God, he likes attention more than whatever we think human beings like. So I'm talking here now about the way for you to realize him as a person. I'm saying that the second thing there is that you need to realize that he likes attention. You must give him the necessary. He likes the attention. You see, before he will even come into the church, look at how Jesus Christ announced him. Jesus will be speaking to the disciples. He said, wait for the spirit of truth. Wait for him. Wait for him. Then even before he will be, he, Jesus Christ will speak about him again, before Jesus will be ascending, then he will be talking about him. In like a, it's like he's coming. It's like somebody is coming. But before the person is coming, he wants his presence to be announced. It's, it's like when you dress so nice, you want everybody to just acknowledge that today I'm wearing new clothes. That is how the Holy Ghost is as a person. He loves the attention. So if you are somebody who doesn't like giving your attention to him, you will see very little of his work in your life. For example, Reverend Roland is saying that I love his family. The reason why I love his family is because I give attention to his family. Out of all the so many other people in the world, 8 billion people in the world, those in China, those in um, Zimbabwe, those in Zerikori, wherever it is, why is it that I pick him and I, because I choose that I want to give my attention to his family. So if the Holy Ghost has decided that he will give his attention to you, and you have decided that I will give my attention to my boyfriend in Bufi or something like that, then why would you expect why would you expect that you want to see the result of his work in your life? Do you understand what I'm saying? If the person is ready to give you attention and you are not ready to give the person attention, how will you see the result of the person in your life? Like I was telling Reverend I didn't know that David plays the bass guitar. But you see, I've not given David so much attention. So I don't know that there's that side of him. And if you are somebody here who is his girlfriend, you know that there's even so much more. (laughs) 
you understand what I'm saying? So it's about also giving him attention. And another way to craft this word attention is the word wait. The Bible said in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 4, he told them to wait for the promise of the Father. He didn't say receive. He said wait. Out of all the words that Jesus Christ could have used, why did he use the word wait? He said that wait for the promise of the Father. And the disciples, in the book of Acts chapter 2, the Bible said that they went, they put their money together. They went to rent Airbnb called Upper Room Airbnb. And they stayed there and they were praying in the Airbnb. And as they were praying and waiting, all of a sudden, the promise of the Father came. You have rented Airbnb and you are using the Airbnb to do a glorified beach party for your friends. And you are expecting that the Holy Ghost will appear to you all of a sudden. The word here is wait. 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 So if you are somebody, you don't like to wait. You don't like to give him attention. You don't like to give him time. You don't like to give him your concentration, your thoughts. You don't like to give him your all. You will never see his work in your life. He will be with you. The Bible says that in the book of, the book of Titus chapter 3 verse 5, that he is the one who births us anew. The Holy Ghost is the one who brings us into the experience of salvation. You will have just that measure. Because there are different measures. When you are reborn or when you are born again, you must now be indwelt by the Holy Ghost. Then you must be filled by the Holy Ghost. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. It says, and being filled with the Spirit. So if you realize that you are somebody you don't like to wait, you will think that, ah, between you and Reverend Roland or between you and Apostle, it's like Apostle is more powerful than you. But the only thing is that Reverend Roland and Apostle, they spend more time waiting on him. So they're waiting. They're waiting. It's a key word there in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 4. He said that wait for the promise of the Father. Now you see, as he was having, ha- having this conversation with them, they were cons- they were, they, their mind was elsewhere. They were like, ah, so like, Master, are you living? Like, ah, like, serious, serious, we're not joking. I thought you were saying something like you are just going to buy bread and give us so that. We, but they realized that ah, the guy is serious. The guy is going. But even when he was going, they were still concentrating on other efforts. That ah, so uh, you are not the one who is come to save us. We thought you were the one. But he told them to wait, and God being so good, they waited. They waited. So the waiting for the Holy Ghost is a very important part. So this is the second point I'm making here that you have to be somebody who loves wait and when i'm saying waiting i'm not saying that always go and rent some place or go to a or go to a um, girl's guide or um, um go and rent a hotel and they say i'm waiting on the lord so now they, i can't come to class please don't go and try that we have times of devotion i believe everybody here should have time of a devotion your quiet time which has been taught over the years even from when you were in sunday school our, our quiet times have now become unfruitful because of the lack of waiting and the attitude of waiting. Some of you just pick the U version. Oh, verse for the day. Oh, ah, Harry Christ also reading the same verse. Oh, let me share it on Twitter. Then the verse has gone. Oh, Charlie, bless you. Bless. And, then you and then you come out of the room. Then you are in the quantitative methods class. The thing is rocking. You are like, eh. Today, but I'm not seeing the subject of because you have left the art of waiting even in those moments. So your time of a devotion, it is a time that you have set aside that 
it is for me and God. But do you wait in that time? Do you wait in that time? You see, one of the unfortunate things about Christianity, if I want to put it that way, is that somebody may be praying, somebody may be reading the word, and it will, it will, be, it will be meaningless to that person. Why? Because the aspect of the Holy Ghost has been taken out of it. If you look at the story of the two men who were on the road to a mouse in the book of Luke chapter 24, the Bible said that they were walking and then Jesus Christ joined them on the journey. Then as they were walking on the journey, Jesus Christ started to ask them certain strange questions. Then they rather looked at him and said, ah, are you a stranger in this town? Haven't you heard what has been happening? Then got to a certain point jesus christ realized that this people looks like they're insulting me then he said no you people are the foolish ones rather then he started to speak to them bible said that he took from the law and the prophets and he began to show them how all of these scriptures they reveal jesus so you may be reading the law you may be reading the books of moses you may be reading the prophets and you for you as you are reading it is like history you don't see anything in it it's because the aspect or the person of the holy ghost has been taken out of it but if you are somebody who is reading it by the revelation of the Holy Ghost, you may be reading about Abel. And as you are reading about Abel, you will see Jesus in Abel. Because Abel was sacrificed, and in the same way, Jesus Christ was sacrificed. You may be reading about Noah, and for you, all you are f- fancying is, oh wow, Noah built an ark. But you see, if you are reading with the revelation of the Holy Ghost, you will see that that ark of salvation there is Jesus. It takes an eye of revelation. So, even in your times of devotion, one of the ways you are able to practice this art of waiting war is involving or allowing the Holy Ghost to take lead. It didn't say for as many as show the Holy Ghost the way they are the sons of God. It said for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. And you, you are waiting for God to lead you in a big matter like deciding, what will I do when I'm done out of school? But you cannot wait on God for a small matter like which verse in the scripture should I go to? So you cannot get to that art or you cannot practice that art even in big issues because in the smallest, minutest, minuscule details, you are taking him out of it. So you must be able to practice this art of waiting in your times of devotion, your reading of the word. The Bible said that when he had finished showing them about himself in the scriptures, all of a sudden, their eyes were opened. So all that time, what was happening? They had been reading and working with Jesus and their eyes were closed. They were reading the scriptures and there was no revelation of Jesus. The Bible, the person who will give you access to the revelation behind the scriptures in the Bible is the Holy Ghost. The Bible said in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 that no scripture is of private interpretation. In other words, Nahum, he didn't write the book that he wrote. He's just like a scribe or a secretary. Isaiah, he didn't write the book of Isaiah. He was just like a secretary, just penning down the things that the Holy Ghost told him. So the Bible said in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is given by who? Inspiration of God. Or it is God-breathed. So it is the Holy Ghost who authored all the scripture that we see. Men just penned them down. So the best person to tell you more about that book is who? The Holy Ghost. If you take, for example, a book like Spare, how many of us have read Spare before? I have not read it before. I will not read Spare by Prince Harry. The best person to tell us about the details in the book is not Oprah Winfrey. It is Harry. 
Because he is the author of the book, not this Harry, Prince Harry. But now this Harry is more of a prince than that one because that one has rejected his. So the best person to give us the details about that book is not some stranger somewhere. It is Harry himself because he is the author of the book. So I'm just trying to get you to understand that if you want to understand the Bible better, it's not about the commentary you are using. It's not about the study Bible you are using. Some of you have about 10 study Bibles on your phone. But still, when you read the scripture, you are not seeing anything in it. Because you are, lit, you are taking out the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost as a person. So you're waiting in your personal spaces of your devotion. It is what will, you, you, it's what you will grow to eventually to be able to see more in other key decisions in life. It's like taking baby steps. No baby just gets up and all of a sudden they are, they are just striding, they are just walking. They are, no. It comes in steps, in, in processes. You see that they, they may be running, then all of a sudden they fall down. And for them it's funny, they get up, they continue. But you see, they perfect it. So if you don't start your waiting in the small ways, maybe for you, your devotion is 20 minutes, can you not just wait on God in those 20 minutes? And it will not be an express kind of devotion. Then you can be able to grow that grace or that gift of waiting on the Lord. So that's the second step for me, I believe. Is waiting. The first one I said is identifying him. Waiting. Then the second one is the, the, the second point is the waiting. Then the third point, I believe it is your fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. The Bible said that the secret of the Lord is with them that what? Fear him. You realize that nowadays in the house of God, many of us, we don't fear God. We don't revere his presence. We don't revere any, anything about like anything about God, oh, you know, now we are the Gen Z, so God he has to conform to Gen Z, so follow our path in God. So there's no reverence for God and no reverence for the things of God. No reverence for God, no reverence for the things of God. People can wear anything they want to wear and come to the house of God. People can do whatever it is they want to do and come to the house of God. People can relate to God any way they want to relate to God. But when you look at the lives of people like David, Realize that David was somebody who knew how to revere God. He knew how to host the presence of God. He knew how to host the presence of God. In the same way, it's like if you have a guest coming to your home, and when the guest comes to your home, you say, Oh, I can see Waba, then you, eh, mommy, then somebody brings some half coke beer that they drank, then they give, I can see, where how far. For, for those who don't understand what I'm saying, I'm saying that somebody comes to your house, then when the person comes, you just, oh, find some chair and sit on. Eh, bring some half coke beer that you drank and just give it to this guy. If I were you, would you go back to that house again? I will never. In fact, as I'm there, I've left. As I'm there, I'm just about to tell you that, see, I was just passing through, I just wanted to see your face, I'm going. But if you go to another person's house, and when you go to the house, for example, they have a nice backdrop like this. And they put like some nice palatial chair be there for you. Then when you come, they bring you your coke in a, in, in, in a golden cup. And as they are giving you the golden cup, they are feeding you grapes. And as they are feeding you grapes, they are fanning you. Oh, you don't need to invite me. I'll be there every day. 
I will be there every day. I'll be asking, hey, the grapes, are they coming? Today, the grapes have delayed. It's the same thing when you talk about hosting the presence of God. You need to learn the art of hosting the presence of God. Hosting the presence of God. Because you see, in the presence of God is the Spirit of God. In fact, the presence of God is the Spirit of God. Psalm 139 verse 7. He said, where can I go from your spirit? Then he said, where can I go from your presence? It's the same thing he's saying. The spirit is the same as the presence. In fact, in the presence of God, you'll find the spirit of God. In the spirit of God, you'll find the presence of God. When the Holy Ghost comes, the Father has come. When the Holy Ghost comes, the Son has come. The two of them, or the three of them, as you say, they coexist, they co-inhere. It's that you can't find one without the other. They are always going everywhere. It's like three bodies. They are always in sync. They never leave each other. So the presence of God is the spirit of God. And you need to learn how to host his presence. If you are going to enjoy his ministry, if you are going to enjoy their friendship, then you must host his presence. You must learn how to host his presence. Be a good host. That's all I'm saying. It's like if you've had an Airbnb before or if you deal with Airbnb, you know that we have host ratings or something like that. Some people who in camera so this is an ultra-modern home which is about 40 minutes from the airport. By the time you get to the house, the house is three hours away from the airport. There's no generator, there's no light, there's nothing. But you get to certain um, 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 locations, you realize that ah, everything they said is true. This is a very nice home. I like this Airbnb. So I'm just saying here that be a good spiritual Airbnb. Learn how to host the Holy Ghost. As you're going, be conscious. Your consciousness. Okay, the Holy Ghost is with me. Okay, I'm about to pick this dress. Mm. Then you hear, okay, the Holy Ghost tell you, I think this one is above the new. When Robert is sitting by you, he will not hear anything that you are asking him. So maybe just change it and pick the other one that mommy bought for you. Consciousness. The Holy Ghost is with you. As you are going, okay, you're about to eat. Then the Holy Ghost says, mm, don't buy this food today. Today, Reverend Roland said we are fasting. So, okay. Reverend Roland was not there with you, but the Holy Ghost is there with you because you are learning how to host his presence. So, the hosting of the presence of God, again, it must be done in the minutest, minuscule details of your life. The little, little details. Okay, this person is my friend. Charlie, this person has been looking at their friendship. I was telling you, so, okay, Charlie, this person, eh, today, our friendship, it has come to an end. I'll see you later in life. Maybe. It has come to an end. Because the Holy Ghost has helped you. But it all comes from hosting his presence. Again, the point I was making. Why is that some people can come and stand in front of you? They'll say the Holy Ghost is here. They'll do their hand like this. Then whether you like it or not, you see that all of a sudden say, hey, tell me, I'm going, oh, I'm going, I'm falling. But you, you come and say the Holy Ghost is here. As you are doing your hand, the more they are laughing. <laughs> it's about the presence they carry. Presence with them. The presence with them. It's like when you're in the convoy of the president. Ah. 20 cars or 100 cars going at 100 kilometers per hour. Oh, traffic is a byword. You go like that. You may be coming from Kaswa to Accra. You will never, you will be surprised that is it the same Accra that we are in? But somebody may be sitting in a church or somewhere. They are also coming to the same place. Maybe the person is also come to capture the story. You realize that by the time they get there, we are finished. We have moved to the next location. Because you are carrying a different presence. So when you are with the presence of the Holy Ghost, it's like you are in a presidential convoy. You go fast. 
You go fast. You go fast. The things that look like an impediment, you just go through them. David said that, by my God, I have run through a troop. Why? He had presence. So people of presence, they are people who walk with the Holy Ghost. That's all we are talking about. The presence of God is only in the church. Yes, the presence of God is here. In fact, it's stronger when we gather together, according to the book of Psalm 133. But you see, you have the ability to also carry some of that presence and take that presence with you. Don't be satisfied with only the latent ability or the latent presence of the Holy Ghost. Look and search also for his manifest presence. What am I saying here? The latent presence is where the Holy Ghost is in you. Everybody, you like it when the Holy Ghost is with you. It's nice. But let us also see that he is with you. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good for God was with him. So God was not, the Holy Ghost was not just in him. But the Holy Ghost was also with him. So he was doing good. Doing good there, he speaks about philanthropy. So he was a rich person. He was giving money to people blessing their lives that he was also healing all who were oppressed so hosting the presence of god it comes with your ability to be a good host of the spirit of god and the final point i want to make here is on the point of sensitivity you must be sensitive to the leadings and the dealings of the holy ghost sensitive some of us, the reason why we are going through certain things, it's not because God is not with you. God is with you by your sensitivity. Your sensitivity. Otwe, like ears. Otwe is ears, right? Some of us, our ears. It may be the Otwe wa. So, it's like there's something in your ears that even though your ears are physical, your ears are not operating. It's like you have eyes, but even though you have eyes, your eyes are not operating. Sensitivity. The Bible said in the book of Revelation, he said that let him that hath an ear, let him hear what, what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So in actual fact, I believe that what the scripture is saying is that one of the primary functions of the ear and the eyes is to hear what the Spirit is saying. So he said that let him that hath an ear, not let him hear the latest song from Shatawali. Not let him hear the latest song from um, um, Queen B. No. It is about hearing what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So sensitivity. That's the scripture is talking about sensitivity. So you may realize that you may be in a service, you may be in church, you may be in, um, you may be before your shepherd or your pastor. He may be telling you something by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. But you all you can see is that I like this guy. He's the one for me. Without him, I cannot live. In fact, his height is what even freaks me. When I see the height and the color combined, I cannot even think straight. Meanwhile, you have the same ear that the shepherd also has. But you see, your spirit, your ear is not hearing what the spirit is saying to you. Your, your ear and your eyes, they are just follow, they are following your natural senses. This is the one for me. This is the one for me. Then when you go and you hit the wall, boom! Then you say, ah! Pastor Roland, you didn't tell me about this. You are a wicked man. Meanwhile, Pastor Roland was telling you about it on 14 February. 2023, when the brother bought you 10 cupcakes and 2 ice creams and you were melting in the room. But your, your ear, it was not sensitive to the spirit of God. You thought that Pastor Roland was just being Pastor Roland. Or maybe they say, oh, we are praying for 7 hours. I say, ah, 7 hours. Are you serious? 
I'm an engineering student. I'm thinking about photovoltaic things and you are talking about seven hours. Uh, you people must not be serious. But you see, maybe the spirit was telling you that when you go into these seven hours of prayer, there's something in your life is about to break off and you are going to enter into a new limit in your work with God. Sensitivity. Sensitivity. When Jesus told the disciples, Acts chapter 1 verse 4, our anchor scripture, he said that, wait, they were sensitive. They were sensitive. In fact, when they entered into the place of prayer, Bible said all of a sudden, Peter remembered a prophecy that, ah, the person who has betrayed Jesus, he has to be replaced. Then all of a sudden, he took the first step. Hey, um, Judas Iscariot is gone. Matthias, take his place. Now the 12 has become complete again. Okay. Then all of a sudden, as they were there, they were still praying. Mary was there. All of them were there as they were praying. Then all of a sudden, they heard the sound of the mighty rushing wind. Sensitivity. They were not in the Airbnb and they are not taking champagne and they are sitting down, they are drinking, laughing. Hey! Let us see the next series on Netflix. Which one has come out that we can enjoy? This is a four-part series. Ah, this one will be good with the wine. No, they were sensitive. As they were praying, they were sensitive. And you see, this point on sensitivity, it is one of the hallmarks that the Father and the Son and the Spirit want us to develop. The Bible said that all men were being baptized. It said, hey, John the Baptist is doing the baptism. Let us all go there. The Bible said that Jesus Christ, while he was being baptized, he was praying. He was being sensitive. So the Bible said all of a sudden, out of the millions of people that were being baptized, the Holy Ghost descended upon him. Boom. Sensitivity. Your sensitivity is key for you to receive the things that are in the realm of the Spirit. You see, everything that God has prepared for us is already there. It takes you being sensitive to the Holy Ghost to translate that thing from the realm of the spirit and bring it into the realm of the physical. Like salvation. It has been given to you by the, by the, by the Holy Ghost and by God. But it takes your sensitivity to look into the realm of the spirit and say, okay, Holy Ghost, I need this thing. Then he brings it to you. Your riches, it is already there in the realm of the spirit. It takes your sensitivity to launch into the realm of the spirit and bring that thing out of and bring it into the realm of the flesh or into the natural. Peter, again in the book of Acts chapter 10, at a particular point in time, it was like he had been working with so much sensitivity. Now it's like he was just taking it for granted. Bible said that he was there. He was waiting for the meal to be prepared. Then he entered into a trance. When he entered into a trance, all of a sudden he saw a sheet from heaven and there were all sorts of wonderful zoo animals that can be used for nice barbecue on it. He said that me, I don't eat any of these things. For I'm a Jew. Then the Holy Ghost said, Eh, what do you mean? I'm doing buffet for you. I say eat the thing. You are telling me that you eat the thing. He was almost sleeping on sensitivity. Then when he got to the book of Acts chapter 10, after he had gone to the house of Cornelius, after he had seen the Holy Ghost descend, all of a sudden, the Bible said that he said, Ah, now I know that God is not a respecter of persons because his senses were reactivated. So your sensitivity as a child of God, you cannot break it down. You cannot look down upon it. You have to make sure that every day it is heightened. Don't depend too much on your physical eyes. If you are here and you wear glasses, in fact, don't depend on your four eyes. Depend more on your eyes in the realm of the spirit. 
Look to see the things that are in the realm of the spirit. Don't let this your natural physical eyes lead you. Some of you here, your physical eyes, it leads you too much. Too, too much. Hey, this brother has the iPhone 14 Pro Max. I need to get it. Meanwhile, you don't know if maybe this brother, he did a move and he got the thing. Or maybe his mother is in the UK and the mother just sent it as part of the package of the apple goods that they were sending him. You too, you, maybe your father is coming from some small home, church maybe, and you are killing yourself because your eyes told you that somebody has it too. I also need to get it. Don't let this your natural physical eyes. Don't let it lead you. He said, I will keep my eyes above the waves. The song that we sang, Oceans. Keep your eyes. You may be in the storm, but your eyes are seeing what God sees. Everything that you see is all that God sees. That is all your eyes are fixed on. Maybe you, you sent an application, you want to go and do your master. The thing is not coming to, but your eyes are seeing that God said, I'll get it, so I'll get it. That's it. Keeping your eyes, your senses activated, quickened. Some of you, your, your, your senses have become too numb. It's like some, you know, some people they can be playing with fire so much that when the fire is even burning them, they don't feel anything. No, don't become too numb. Be very sensitive in the realm of the spirit. Maybe sometimes some of the things that maybe the Holy Ghost will tell you, they may not come with a word, or they, may not, they may not come with a voice, but it may just come with like a prompting. Maybe you're about to enter into a particular place, then it's like you, you just feel like go back. Then maybe you two don't go back, you keep going for it. Then maybe your phone just falls and says, ah. Something was telling me that I should go back. Oh, if I had gone back, like by now, like by now. But the Holy Ghost was telling you, he said that he just told you, retrace your step. That was all. But your sensitivity, your sensitivity, your sensitivity. So, in talking about waiting on the promise or awaiting the promise, I believe that these are some of the things that we must take notice of. As for the other things that the Holy Ghost does in our lives, we can spend a lot of time talking about them. Like I said earlier about his teaching ministry. He's a teacher. The Holy Ghost is a teacher. He's one, in fact, he's the best teacher in the world. The Holy Ghost is a revealer. He reveals things. The Bible said that he will take of what is mine and he will show it to you or he will reveal it to you. If you want to know the things that Jesus is concerned about the Holy Ghost is the only person who can take it and come and give it to you. The Holy Ghost is, is like a reminder. You will go and say, okay, do you remember that you said you do this thing? Do this thing. He is a reminder. He's the one who also beds the prophetic ministry in our lives. Remember what Moses says. Oh, how I wish that all God's people would be prophets. Moses was not saying that everybody should become a prophet. Prophet, a prophet. No, no, no. He was saying that we should be prophetic in nature. So at the core of it, we should be led by the Spirit of God. He will show you things to come and he will direct you. So the, as for the ministry of the Holy Ghost, there are so many things that we can delve in. But I believe that our relation with him or our relationship with him is the most important thing. If we can develop it, then other things are worked for. or I mean, other things are dealt with. It's like when you come into the presence of the president and you have a relationship with the president, his power is, is, is small for you. You don't struggle to see his power at work. If, for example, maybe I'm the nephew of the president. I'm in his presence. He likes me. I like him. I say, okay, you know, um, I wanted to get this house at um, um, East Legono. Can you help me? Oh, minister of this, break down the house. Give it to my friend. It's, it's because I'm in the person's presence. I have a relationship with the, the person. If you have a relationship with the president and somebody doesn't have a relationship, who is more likely to get things from the person? 
the one with the relationship. So don't look so. You see, many people we are always looking for the power. Hey, I want Sada when I'm walking, my shadow will be letting people fall down like Peter was doing. Like that is all we are so looking. We are so much concerned about the power. That's all we want. But I want to tell you that the power of the Holy Ghost is in His presence. So when you get the presence, you will get the power. When you get the presence, you will get the power. When you get the presence, you will get the power. In the book of Psalm 129 verse 7, which I quoted earlier, it said that where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from your presence? Yeah, some of you here, you have been running away from the presence of God. Some of you here, you have been trying to flee from the spirit of God. But I came to announce to you that it is rather unfortunate that you cannot run from him. And so the time of yielding is now. The Bible said in the book of Acts chapter 3 verse 19 that if you will repent, if you will change your mind, times of refreshing will come to you from the throne of God. If only you will change your mind. The word repentance is about changing your mind and turning your back on something that you are doing. So I'm just trying to tell you that change your mind and turn your back on a particular way of life or a particular way of thinking that you have. And look for the promise of the Father. He said, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from your presence? Shall we be on our feet? I want to pray shortly. And then we'll pray for a few people. And then we are done. We are praying just one prayer. We are telling God the Father. Thank you for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this, share it with someone and be an agent of impactful change for the kingdom of God. God bless you.